0: Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. It's the 11 o'clock hour on the Nick Wilson Show. If you missed any of it, WFNZ.com. A lot of really nice things coming in on the text line we'll get to. Uh, It was great to have Will in studio uh, for the last time. The last time uh, Willie and I will be in the studio. Uh, for a very long time So it was great to talk with him But it did bring up I, I i called it to start the show I called it this week as the final ride Of the Nick Wilson show And I realized how uh, How morbid that sounds The final ride definitely gives off Like Big Death vibes Alright I don't want to give off Big Death energy In my final week here in On Sports Radio 92.7 N Z. Somebody had uh, uh, submitted The Last Dance I've done a good job at uh, poking fun at Michael Jordan every opportunity. The last dance could be a pretty interesting uh, hashtag to use for the rest of this week. Send in your submissions. What should we call my final week? How should we hashtag this be on Twitter and, uh, so we can have some fun. We can send it pictures. We can, uh, you know, all of our pre and post show tweets can be hashtag this, the final ride. Oh, what was the last one. He had said the last ride, which I don't think is, is bad either, but uh, sending your submissions there in the meantime, while I'm wrapping up my time here in Charlotte, we've got Carlin Gay, one of the great callers uh, to this show over the last couple years. He's now with the Sporting News. He'll join us to talk NBA headlines. Maybe, maybe a new spot emerging for Kevin Durant, And I, I actually think it could really shake up the NBA. And I also kind of hate it. We'll talk with Carlin about that coming up in 20 minutes. But uh, I continue. Every time there is some new, halfway new report on Miles Bridges, I see people continue to to tweet and to text in here and to, to kind of continue to say, it's time for the Hornets to pull the qualifying offer to Miles Bridges. Well, Jake Fisher of The Bleacher Report was hosting his Please Don't Aggregate This podcast and had this update on the Hornets' plans with Miles Bridges.
1: There's a lot more to... Uh, find out and to happen before I could really give a, a full, a fully educated and, and, like, appropriate answer on that. The only thing I'll say about in terms of the qualifying offer, I know it hasn't happened yet. I have that on solid ground. And for everyone I've talked to around the league, no one expects them to pull it either, unless the Hornets really do want to come over the top and make some giant, you know, PR st- statement of, you know, we're not going to stand for this type of behavior. Um, and his court date is set for July 20th. So I, I would, I would be surprised if anything happened before then to understand the, the true nature of the events. And, um, but also for everyone I've talked to, like not recent, not making him a restricted free agent just for the, the, the quality of player and talent he is, would be a pretty, just from a, a sheer basketball standpoint, it would be a pretty foolish move from the Hornets' side of things. No one I've spoken to, who, whose opinion I value, let's say, who's a, a respected strategy mind in the league, thinks that that's going to happen. Um, and I, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, too, unless we find out, you know, details about what happened off the court or really just just very, you know, suboptimal. Uh, but obviously, uh, that that remains to be seen.
0: I think there's a lot of really interesting things in that Jake Fisher soundbite, but I think I think if you if you listen to it, when I heard it, the my first thought was the same thing I think of in most of the situations involving players accused of domestic violence, or even in situations like with uh, Deshaun Watson previously in Houston, the organization is in a no-win situation there is no one move that is going to work for them on every single front here. If they rescind the qualifying offer, which would win a lot of PR headlines, Miles Bridges is probably going to play elsewhere next year, and and they will not get anything back for him. So it hurts them on the court. If they just treat this as just a basketball move, people like you and I are going to be pissed that they treat this as a basketball move. So if we start with the idea that there are no... No answers that are going to win across the board, which is absolutely how you have to think as an organization. Realize the continued silence on this is the right move. The, the Hornets have already condemned what Miles is accused of. They've already said they're investigating more. And until, whether it's the court date or until more things come out about this, that's about as much as the Hornets can do. And I understand that, you know, because the the common thing is, you know, the idea let's be honest here. If Miles Bridges was the fifteenth man on this team, Miles Bridges' qualifying offer already would have been pulled. The sad fact is, and people say this, it's about sports all the time and it's crap. It's not just in sports. Your value to a brand determines how much you can get away with or how much you can be accused of. Miles Bridges is the second highest ceiling player on the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets cannot treat him from a basketball sense, even from a brand sense. He's been a huge part of the growth of their brand. He could have very well been an all-star this year. He had that kind of season. The Hornets cannot treat him the way you can just treat anybody else. It sucks the way that's the case, but people say, oh, well, that's a sports. No, 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 no. This happens in every manner of business. Guys, Colin Coward can get away more than uh, your average guy in this business in this position. Could get away with more than I can. Because it's about how much are you worth to that brand. It is a sad fact, but it is a realistic fact. And the idea that any one organization should be above that truth is just not dealing in reality. It sucks that this is the reality that we live in. And I would love to see if across the board, as, as a country, as a society, as a, a league in the NBA, I'd love to see if there were more definitive things we could do. But then again, in three weeks, or not three weeks, in, I, think it's, I think he said the 20th, the charges could be dropped against Miles Bridges. So the Hornets have to walk a fine line. There's no easy thing here. I still think I would be surprised if Miles Bridges didn't play in the NBA next year. I would be surprised if Miles Bridges got anything more than the 10, 000, or sorry, the 10-game fine that is like the starting point for guys accused of and then charged with and then found guilty of domestic violence. And until there is a need to, the Hornets are doing the right thing. Because I also think, and this is something I've said kind of from the beginning, the Hornets like it's not like the qualifying to uh, qualifying offer to Miles Bridges is stopping them for trading for Bradley Beal. It's not stopping for them trading for Kevin Durant or trading for Kyrie Irving. So if there's nothing to be gained outside of PR headlines which are short term. Outside of that, like if there's nothing if there's no move that you can make, On the court, then just let the thing play itself out. I also think that in the midst of that, the other big thing that people are talking about right now is Kai Jones' summer league issues in the shooting for for Kai from outside. It's not good. One, during the G League last year, I think he shot 24% from three. Uh, He had a god-awful shooting night over the weekend in his summer league debut and I heard Mac and Bone talk about this morning, and they were they were talking about why why can't he just play the five, and why you know this is a this is a, calc- a, a miscalculation of the talents of Kai Jones. And I can understand summer league panic, but if I can't allow Chet Holmgren to uh, in one good performance by him to to make me put him in the basketball hall of fame, I think it's way too early to write off or be panicked or worried about Kai Jones. I don't know really what his role is in the NBA. I think we assumed that the Hornets were drafting him two years ago to be the rim-running big we all wanted him to be. But a lot of people that profiled him said because of his handle, not just because of his shooting ability, but because of his handle and the threat of his shooting ability, that Kai Jones could be more than just, and I'm going to quote-unquote, more than just a rim-running big. And that Kai Jones could be a stretch four a stretch five, he could just be a hybrid big. I don't. I don't think it's time to worry about that. I think it's time if you're the Hornets. You know, uh, a week or two ago, we were talking about the Hornets saying and Kai Jones saying they kind of had been using him more at the four, and we had kind of said like, "Well, does this mean PJ is more uh, expendable?" Because I, I and I'll st- I'll still say it. I'm still comfortable. Trading PJ and that Denver first round pick that you got in the trade down or the trade out for uh, the New York Knicks for the Jalen Duran thing. I still am totally comfortable moving on from PJ. I think he's a really good player. As a matter of fact, PJ is going to be one of those guys that goes and has a career, and we wonder should they have traded him? But you have a glut, a gluttony of talent on this roster. I think Miles and PJ long term have some some ways that they offset each other's usefulness. And I don't think you need 30 minutes a night of the role that P.J. plays, which is a floor-spacing big who can play the four or the five. I think with, now that you have a real center, now that you have multiple real centers, and Mark Williams and Mason Plumley, especially if you trade for Miles Turner, I don't really think you need P.J. Washington. Now, if you were to trade P.J. for a, another wing player, well, then I'd be concerned about your depth at forward. But really what you need that role from that role, which could also be filled by Jalen McDaniels, who I don't think gets enough credit. I think he's got some playmaking ability. I think he works in transition with what this team wants to do as well. Should should Kai Jones's summer league struggles, should that force the Hornets to reevaluate how comfortable they are moving on from either... PJ Washington or Jalen McDaniels. Cause I think at some point you're gonna have to trade good players. The downside of being consistently good consistently good at drafting and having success with both your first and second round, the downside of that is that at some point you're gonna have to give up good NBA players. 704 number saying you're nuts to trade PJ. He's literally the only Big man that we have that can shoot. Well, Rob, I was saying I would trade him for Miles Turner, who's a big man that can shoot. And I would also say that I think Mason Plumlee is actually an okay shooter as well. I think Mark Williams, probably not going to be that. But I think Kai and Jalen McDaniels have also shown, because they are bigs. They are going to play the the three, four, the five. Kai, probably the four and five. Jalen, probably the three to five. He's the only guy that has proven he can shoot in the NBA. But I would trade him for another guy that has proven he can shoot in the NBA in Miles Turner. 704-570-9610. We'll, we'll ask you the Miles uh, Bridges thing. Is it time for the Hornets to pull the qualifying offer to Miles Bridges? I just think if if it doesn't work on every level, right? If it's, if it's not just a PR win, which most teams in the NBA those come and go. If it's not just a PR win, I don't really see a need to do it now. Things can change. We've talked about this a lot. Things can change, but I'm not I'm not there yet. Given it the 360 view, also with the Kai Jones news, with the Kai Jones summer league struggles. Should that should that reevaluate or should that force the Hornets to reevaluate their comfort trading somebody like PJ Washington? Let's Carlin Gay and get it on next on Sports Radio 927, FNZ. Sports Radio 927 FNC Monday overreaction coming up in about 20 minutes here. Plenty <laughs> to overreact to, including that Kai Jones stuff we were just talking about. Uh one of my favorite points that somebody was making is you know the Hornets really don't have offensive playmakers. Surrounding Kai Jones and some of the other players They don't really have a point guard on the roster Or like a quality offensive playmaking point guard So that's probably not going to help Kai Jones' shooting numbers But we got Monday overreaction coming up as well Mets fans probably going to overreact in the meantime To talk about the latest NBA rumors, innuendos And those rumors and innuendos here in Charlotte We welcome on to the sporting news Carlin Gay on the guest line What's up buddy? Welcome to the show
2: Nick, it's a it's a pleasure to talk to you. I'm, I'm a little, i I'm, you know what, I'm crying a, a tear, a, a silent tear that this might be the last time I talk to you, at least in Charlotte. Um, but you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm very happy that uh, you're able to. Uh, move on and then charlotte will definitely miss hearing your voice over the airwaves over the uh the next little while here
0: well i appreciate that you've been you've been a big part of the show the last couple years and you've uh you know from your career development i think the first time you and i actually engaged i think you were an intern at sporting news am i right on that
2: I, I i i wasn't i wasn't yet an intern but uh you know what i would uh I was just trying to find my way when I first moved there to Charlotte, and I was hoping that you know I could I could end up in your seat one day. Uh, but now here we are, you know we we get the chance to interact because uh, you know I no longer. Trying to run around and, and, and potentially get you coffee, uh, but you know I, I'm, I'm not on the same level, and uh, you know get to talk sports and get paid for, it, which is uh, you know a dream come true for for a lot of people in our business. So glad that you're uh, you're able to do so and, and, and continue on and and do that in a in a great market like Cleveland.
0: Well, the good news is the job is open, so you know call Jeff Rickard. Uh, in the meantime, Carlin, uh, there were. There were some rumblings on the old Twitter machine this weekend that Jalen Brown might want out of Boston, and that maybe a Boston-Brooklyn Kevin Durant for for Jalen Brown trade. But you know that's kind of the starting package. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think this kind of a deal makes sense for either uh, Brooklyn or Boston?
2: I don't think it makes sense for the Boston Celtics. Now, if you're the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I'll quickly say that, you know, obviously with the, the whole Kevin Durant saga that's going on right now, if you're able to get a player like Jalen Brown in return, that would be, um, you know, that'd be almost like winning the lottery. That doesn't, that doesn't happen. When you trade superstars in this league, normally you're getting back draft picks with the hope for a superstar in return. And, you know, if they're able to get rid of Kevin Durant and, and get back a young, talented Jalen Brown who if he could just figure out how to dribble it with his left hand, we're talking about a top 15 player in the NBA at that point, uh, that, that would be pretty impressive. But if you're Boston, you just came two games away from winning a national, you know, an, an NBA title uh, and, and your guys are young. You know, you have you know, Jalen, he's going to, be going to his age 26 season. Uh, Jason Tatum's going in his age 25 season. You just upgraded that point guard, which was a big area of need for you uh, by getting Malcolm Brogdon in. If he stays healthy, this team will be dominant. And you signed Emilio Gallinari over the weekend, uh, you know, who could come off your bench. And now you don't have to worry about having – Uh, You know, know, uh, a guy like Grant Williams hope that he can, you know, explode like he did in a game seven against the Milwaukee Bucks and and play out of his mind. He's a defensive specialist, good, solid player, but he's not going to be able to consistently get you double digits in scoring. The little guy Lowry can do that, and he can space the floor and and open up driving lanes for Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum, and that really changes things. I think the Celtics right now, uh, probably, I I would pick them to come out of the Eastern Conference, obviously, Nick, um, you know, on paper. If everything you know falls into place for them, they stay healthy. They have a team that's going to be in the finals once again. The problem is, Damian Udoka has a lot on his plate. With if you know the rumors are true that you know Jalen Brown and everything else he wants to leave, if he is able to refocus his team the way that he was able to do in the middle of the season uh, and get them back on track into winning a title, this team will eventually hang banner 18. Uh, no question in my mind.
0: So with that, if if not Boston, right right now, where do you think it makes most sense to see Kevin Durant land?
2: Honestly, the Toronto Raptors. Um, you know, it, it, for, for Kevin Durant, I think he would love to go to you know a team that is on the cusp of winning a title. But you know, it, it, the problems that happen with Kevin Durant, and and, and I guess the, the fans will call it. You know, he had that opportunity to, to, to go and win a title in Gold State. He did that. He took a lot of you know vitriol from the media and the fans alike. And that I think he took that personally. And the move to Brooklyn was supposed to change that. He was supposed to have his team, right? Like he was supposed to be, this was supposed to be his opportunity to show that he could be one of the best players on his team where no other franchise players in front of him. There's, there's no one in the shadows, nothing like that. This would have been his team. It's obviously not going to work out for him the way he wanted to. So for him to go to either Phoenix, for Miami. The top two seeds that we just had in, in you know in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference uh this past year, again, he's gonna be jumping on the bandwagon, so to speak. If he ends up in Toronto, he's not doing that. This is a Raptor team that finished the fifth seed, surprisingly, finished fifth seed in the Eastern Conference a year ago. They don't have I know you have the Vince Carters, you have the T Max, you have the DeMar DeRozan. Kyle Lowry is considered to them their you know the best player that ever wore the jersey. Kawhi Learn was there for one year. If Kevin Durant is able to go to Toronto and spend four years there and potentially win a championship, he now becomes the best player in franchise history. He now becomes the guy in an entire country. He now becomes the guy that took this franchise and elevated it to levels that they really uh, you know weren't there. Carter made that relevant with his slam dunk competition, uh, you know, output that probably the greatest slam dunk contest in, in NBA history, but that's a slam dunk contest, right? He never got past the second round. DeMar DeRozan, he was able to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but LeBron James owned it. Like he was LeBron James's son. He, Kawhi Leonard was able to win a championship there, yes, but that was only one and done. He, he left immediately after. If Kevin Durant goes to Toronto and is able to just elevate this franchise to relevancy in the NBA, it tra- make it an attractive place for free agents to not only want to go there, but to actually stay, which has been a problem for Toronto in you know many years uh, since they've been in the NBA. That, that's different. You know that that's where you really build your legacy. And I, and I think right now, if you were to think, what, who does Kevin Durant retire as? Is he is he a Thunder player? I don't know if that franchise really embraces him with open arms. Is he, is he a Warrior? Yeah, maybe. Uh, is he he's not in net no more. So going to the to the Suns, is going to retire a Sun? Is he going to retire a Heat player? He probably doesn't feel like the the best players in those franchise history. If he goes to the Raptors, he could be the guy. They put a statue outside of Air Canada Center for, or sorry, Scotiabank uh, Arena outside uh, for, for Kevin Durant if he's able to win there. Uh, so I, I do think that that would be the best place for him. And I also think that the Raptors have the the, the most attractive package that they could give uh, the Brooklyn Nets when you highlight that with Scotty Barnes, who was the last year's rookie of the year.
0: Carlin Gay Sporting News on the guest line here talking the latest NBA headlines, rumors and innuendos. So, Brooklyn was the 7th seed last year, but if we if we if we go ahead and take out the top 6 seeds, so Chicago, Toronto, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Boston, and Miami. Of all the other teams from the 8th seed on down in the Eastern Conference, what teams do you think have the best chance of being a team that can hop into the top 6 this year?
2: I like I like Atlanta. I, I really do like what they did with John Say Murray and, and keeping uh, John Collins. And I know that John Collins has pretty much been traded. You know, he's been rumored to go everywhere, uh, including FNZ. Uh, I, I heard you guys are trying <laughs> to have him to replace you. Uh, you know, in the midday, he, he has been rumored big time around. And and I don't know how uh, you could give up a player like that. He's a guy. He's a guy that's still improving, right? Like he's a guy that's still young, fairly young, uh, and, and really improving. We saw him have. The, the year they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, John Collins played a, a role that you weren't expecting him to be. He was a high flyer, a guy that you'd seen pick and roll as Trey Young, but he played well defensively, guarding Ben Simmons, and I know he didn't have to do much there. The jokes are going to fly, but he did a good job in Spice Harris sometime, and sometimes on Joel Embiid, and that's something that we didn't really see in him. Uh, is he going to do that for an entire regular season? Probably not. He's going to take lapses on the defensive end. Most NBA players do, but in the seven-game series, when it's winning time, he was able to show and prove that he can do that. I like the DeJounte Murray pickup because now you give Trey Young uh, an elite defender next to him. And now Trey Young does not look as poor defensively as he truly is. Trey Young might be the worst defender in the NBA, period. (laughs) And it's, it's, you know, lack of size, lack of effort, um, you know, just the intangibles, he just doesn't have it, right? So, but now you have an elite defender right next to him. You can hide Trey Young uh, and and put him on, you you know, the island somewhere. And DeJounte Murray could cover up a lot of those mistakes, and that makes Atlanta just that much better because teams are going to want to pick on Trey Young, but we have DeJounte Murray on the floor. That becomes harder. You have Coach Pella on the floor. That becomes harder. Uh, You have DeAndre Hunter on the floor, who hasn't really been healthy. Healthy. That becomes harder. So the Atlanta Hawks are that team that I see jumping into the playoffs proper. Um, And then right after that, it, 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 it is a mixed bag of players and teams, where the Hornets, I think, fall into this category. If teams are healthy, That's where, you know, you you see them jumping up because the Hornets are a different team. Gordon Heron on the floor, they're a different team with him off the floor. Say what you want about his contract and everything else. I know it's talked about a lot in the city, but the dude can hoop. And when he's on the floor, this is a different Hornets team.
0: So let me ask you that then, uh, because it it has not been the, the rosiest of off seasons for the Charlotte Hornets here. What do the Hornets have to do or what has to happen for the Hornets to be one of those teams that can really jump into the top six and secure their first seven game playoff series in uh, quite a bit?
2: Boy, can we, can we stay off the headlines? Uh, Can we, can we stay out of trouble with the law? (laughs) That's, that's, that's one. Uh, But basketball wise, you know, health is a big part of that, right? Like you, you have to be healthy, right? Number one. And number two, I think Steve Clifford, and I and I know you know people were kind of down on the hire, or maybe not excited. I don't. I know downs were, but that's not excited for Steve Clifford hire. But the one thing that we know that Steve Clifford's is going to bring to the table is a structure and effort defensively. And I think that's what this team needs. A young team, they need some structure defensively. You're not going to get away with the defensive lapses with Steve Clifford. And I think the constant hammering. Um, you know from the head coach uh, you know, on, on, on the team in terms of just the attention to detail on the defensive end will naturally make them a better defensive team uh, because they, you know now you, you get into the habit of you know, you, know, you can't have those lapses in the second quarter and that just helps you, you know as you go on. They have to build those habits in the regular season. Some people think the regular season doesn't matter. I think it really matters for young teams, especially young teams that haven't gone to the playoffs, yet which the hornets are. The regular season is that part of the season where you build those habits so that you can fall back on things in the playoffs when your jump shots not falling. Uh, you know when you when you're not able to you know you know hit get to the free throw line. All those things that become regular offensively, defense is a one habit that needs to be there consistently. And we saw that in the two playing games the last two seasons jump shot wasn't falling, guess what? You you get 140 hanged on you because if one end is not working, the other end, you really don't have that habit to fall back on. So I think if Steve Clifford is able to have his way, this will be a much better defensive team. And they don't have to be top five, right? Like, Nick, we're not talking about lockdown defense. You just can't be in the bottom half of the league, and that's where they have been, um, you know, uh, at least in in bad times of the year uh, over the last couple of seasons. So you, you give us a top 15, 12 range, I think this is a much better team that will at least compete and and get into the playoffs proper and no longer in the playoffs.
0: Follow this man on the Twitter machine at the Carlin Gay of the Sporting News, uh, NBA.com International, FIBA play-by-play commentator. The man does everything, and we appreciate him for it. Carlin, you're the best, buddy. Appreciate everything.
2: Nick, all the best, and uh, good luck in Cleveland.
0: Thank you so much, my guy. Carlin Gay there on the guest line. We did have some submissions earlier uh, on the Garage Door Guru text line on what we should call this week. Uh, Glenn, I thought, had a great one. Hashtag shut it down. I think that's a a phenomenal submission. Uh, Hurricane Mark, who knows that I am an alcoholic, saying last call. We get hashtag at last call. So what hashtag should we use for the content for the rest of this week? Wilson out? I don't, okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. I was it, thinking like Wilson's
3: way out, but then I was like, well, <laughs> do not you go like Wilson out with the, the peace uh-huh. emoji?
0: You yeah. Know? That's not bad. Mic drop? I don't know that that's great, but I don't know it's bad either. So far, I think Glenn has uh, – it. shut it down might be my favorite to this point. So – Send them in, 704-570-9610. Uh, what hashtag? What what expression? When I open the show, uh, when I come back from the show, as a way of re- reminding you guys that we are in our final five shows of the Nick Wilson show, what hashtag should we use? Uh, Jackson saying Closing Time. Here's the thing. You know, I, I hate that Ben Folds 5 song. I hate it. I hated it growing up. We used to have a kid, Jeff Morgan, He used to play that in band. He'd play it on the computer, and girls would be like, oh, Jeff, you're so talented. No, I don't know. It's, the song sucked. So did the piano part of it. The whole thing sucked. Scott the XFL honk with fire here. This is right up there with hashtag shut it down, saying uh, the hashtag the final by Goma. Mm. That's pretty strong. So it, I- what, what
3: do you have? Does Bygoma have to die because you're no longer here? Well, yeah. Who else? I mean, it was a me and fleet thing. Like, are you going to carry the candle for Bygoma? Do you want me? Do you you want that to be the cross that I bear? Is that Bygoma doesn't die even though you're no longer here? Because I'll Bygoma everybody.
0: Well, yeah. It would just be weird. Because no offense, you didn't come up with it. So it'd kind of be like. Like you doing radio Tinder after I left, or you doing Monday Overreaction after I left. Damn
3: it, you've been in the the, the new pre show meetings with the the hosts.
0: Oh, yeah, they they want all my bits. They're like, uh, We want every bit of Nick Wilson's bits. (laughs) Uh, So, what are we going to call it? I I do like the final (laughs) by Goma 704 number saying hashtag bout time. (laughs) Uh, Monday Overreaction leads off with historically great overreactors on Sports Radio 927FNZ. to pitch. Swag line, grab base hit left field. Dantree's going to come home. We're a game and a half out of first. Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. That call of the Braves walking it off against the Nationals. To move within a game and a half of first place in the NLEs. Courtesy of Bally Sports South and Chip Carey. And that brings us to Monday overreaction. Send in your hot takes from this weekend. 704-570-9610. We'll tell you whether it's an overreaction, underreaction, proper reaction. Uh, Itty bitty fitty. Mets fans are historically good at overreacting. So I will say... Given what has happened, the Braves have won three straight. They are nipping at the heels of the Mets. Mets fans should be fully panicked today. Is it an overreaction, underreaction, proper reaction?
3: It's a proper reaction. This The, the Mets need to, and they are treating the next three games like it's the regular season. Because if the Braves get a hold of the NL East lead, it's like it's going to be last year. They're not going to look back. Now, they, they can still wild card themselves into the playoffs. But yes, you, you've blown a 10-game lead in six weeks.
0: Yeah, I think the problem is right now, everything's going right for Atlanta. The offense was always going to find its way eventually, right? But what's been really interesting is the Braves rotation. Ian Anderson throwing, what was it, five strong over the weekend. Um, Kyle Wright still... An up-and-down thing, but Kyle Wright, a ridiculous upside. They've got so much upside, and now that bullpen. It's, it's Strider. That, like Strider. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter about the Braves' rotation because they've got the dogs. Mm. They They've got depth, and they've got the dogs to do some real damage. But the way that bullpen is shaping up, built around Strider, is... Man, they're just, they're all around right now. The way they're playing is indicative of what I think their talent is. And no offense to the Mets, it's not their fault. They've been kind of a hodgepodge because they've had so many different GMs the last couple of years. I don't, I mean, I don't know too many teams in baseball that can compete with the kind of depth and quality of talent that the Braves have one through probably 35 on their roster in their organization. I, it's not its not necessarily that the Mets aren't that good. It's just the Braves are that damn good. And i you kind of got to win this series. You never say that in July, but you kind of got to win that series to really inform your expectations of the next couple months here. Psychologically, I think the Mets need this one. Anybody fitting?
3: Oh, yeah. There's no, there's no doubt. Um, and, you know, I, I've been very calm and patient, but it's a game and a half. And, and we saw this last year. Once they once they got the NL East lead, they never relinquished it. So
0: a thick doink saying the Mets will get swept and overtaken by the Braves this weekend. I'll say that's an overreaction. I give the Mets a chance in this series. I mean, you got Scherzer. You you went out of your way to get Scherzer on the bum. Yeah. And I think I think throwing Scherzer out there probably guarantees you at least one win. So I don't think they'll get swept. So it is Monday overreaction. Send in your thoughts, your hot takes from the weekend. <laughs> and uh, and we'll tell you whether it's an overreaction, underreaction, proper reaction. Matt from, or sorry, Mike from Forest City, saying uh, the people on ghost hunter shows overreact when they hear literally anything. That is an underreaction because they do it on the Bigfoot shows as well. Like if you ever watch the Bigfoot shows, they never they never even get close to a Bigfoot. But it's like, oh, you hear that? It's probably a deer or like a squirrel, and they're acting as if Bigfoot is like grabbing their ass in the, in the wilderness of the backwoods of West Virginia. It's hilarious and ridiculous.
3: Yeah, it's, it's a great underreaction because those actors, that's the worst form of acting we have now on television is when they're doing those bits because it's terrible.
0: I, I don't know. There's a lot of really bad acting. Please see Grey's Anatomy. Please see <laughs> uh, the soap opera. It's uh, Jerry just, Seinfeld. Well, okay. The problem is those shows, the the Finding Bigfoot or the, the ghost shows, they're all built upon something you know is not going to happen. If they found Bigfoot, it would be the biggest story in the history of stories. You would know about it before the first episode of the show came out You'd, yeah. or the next episode. That's what is ridiculous uh, to me there. Also, um, where was that? Where was Stanford Peace? Oh. Nick will miss Hacksaw more than he missed Fitty. Well, the difference is I'm going to see Hacksaw. One, Hacksaw's probably going to live in my attic in like three months once I move up there. Uh, God knows when he's going to try and move in with us. But, so I, I, won't, I won't see you as much. So I'll probably miss you more because I won't see you as much. That's,
3: uh, that's a surprising answer. Because oh. I thought that was a proper reaction. You love Hacksaw. You
0: just tolerate me. I love you both. I don't know what you're talking about. We, you and I, have made a lot of progress. When you first were on the show, the first couple months, you couldn't uh, you couldn't compete with hacksaw. It's not fair. I had four years of working with hacksaw to go on. Our three and a half years now, you and I have almost a full year of working together. You, we've spilt radio blood. You did the Ramsey thing on air. You've <laughs> earned my respect. So yeah, you're, you're again. It's tough because we only worked together for less than a year. But. Uh, You know, I will miss you. I'm going to miss miss you, you. too. All right. uh, Carolina Dave sending in this Monday of a reaction saying, the Nick Wilson farewell tour goes better than the Coach K farewell tour.
3: Proper reaction because I'm guiding the ship. I'm not going to let you go down in flames like Coach K.
0: So what is the what is successful Nick Wilson farewell tour? We make it a Friday? Yeah, we don't we get thrown off the air. We, we make it at 2 p.m. on Friday? <laughs> we don't have uh, Jeff flying back from Indianapolis in a panic saying... <laughs> with, with half his shoulder. With detached. half a shoulder,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of not want that to happen, but... Oh, my God. All right. Uh, so send in your Monday over reactions. Ooh, this, uh, Carolina Dave with another one. Nick and itty bitty fitty are now in a radio relationship. That's an underreaction. We are we we are radio married at least for five more days.
3: It's a, I've never given anything. I've never given any relationship with a woman the same effort I've given our radio relationship, which is probably why I'm single. But it's well worth it to do 20 hours of radio with you every week.
0: Well, I think the reason why... I kind of demand. I'm, I'm very demanding in your efforts and your focus. I feel like if the women of your life would have demanded more out of you and maybe been a little bit kinder to you, you would have maybe given more effort and you might not be in the middle of a, a drought this side of the Sahara. That's a thats a fair observation. Jack saying, uh, Kai Jones is a bust. That is a massive overreaction. There we go. Like holy god guys i heard mac and bone today being like why can't we just put him back in the five guys chill right shooting is informed by the kind of shots that you're getting kai jones did not play with a significant point guard in the g league last year and he's not playing with one in the summer league right now kai is going to be just fine Probably still needs to add another 10 pounds of weight, but I still think Kai is a very bright summer, and I still, between him and Jalen McDaniels, I'd still be very comfortable trading PJ if it meant you could get Miles Turner.
3: Yeah, I mean, look. Has Kai Jones looked great in summer league? No. But it's summer league. It's it's not good basketball anyway. He's not a bust yet. He's only a bust of his, after four years, he's not a part of your active eight-man rotation.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. he's he's a late first round pick. Like what? Or sorry, a, a late mid round. Uh, f- late. Am I trying to say a late mid first round pick? He was a
3: nineteenth pick, yeah. so he
0: was a late.
3: I I I, I don't know.
0: Whatever. He, he was a late it, first round. It, pick. We're not overreacting to summer league struggles, just like we're not overreacting to anything that happens in the summer league. Tar Heel B saying, send in a stripper to take Beth's place Thursday. See if you have the Friday on. <laughs> Well, I I could still use the money, so it'd be nice if I could still get paid for Friday. Uh and by the way, I would want to be able to I think we're going to have hack song studio on Friday. Uh I we're going to have the final hack song for me, so I, I would definitely like that as well. Man and saying uh, on his this Monday overreaction, come January, Nick will be regretting going back to Cleveland. That's not an overreaction. That's a proper reaction. Yeah, when it's cold as hell. There, there are going to be times when I'm standing out with the kids on the bus stop. January 15th, there's a foot of snow on the ground. I've got to drive 40 minutes in my Dodge Ram in four-wheel drive. And my man bits are frostbitten. The, I, there will be moments where I'm like, "Did I? Was this? Was this? Did, should I? Can, is, is the job still open?" I was just thinking
3: out loud for a second. You know how you have hand warmers? Uh huh.
0: Why don't we have boy warmers for the winter time? So, uh, a few of my boys have tried the hand warmers on their boys. All I'm going to tell you is. That's a recipe for disaster. You can literally burn your nethers with those hand warmers, right? So uh, one of my one of the first Browns games I went to after they came back, they're playing the Steelers in November with the, the opportunity to uh, – they, they weren't playing for crap, but the Steelers would be eliminated from the playoffs if the Browns beat them, which ended up happening. It was minus three. Not minus three before the wind chill. Or sorry, not minus three after the wind chill. It was minus three before the wind chill. It was like minus twenty, minus thirty with the wind chill coming off the lake. And uh they were handing out hand warmers and my cousin, who shall remain nameless, his name's Johnny. <laughs> put him right on the right on the, the package and, and let's just say he had to leave the game a little bit early to go see a doctor. Johnny sounds like a guy who would put hand
3: warmers on his boys. That's, just just throwing that out there. That sounds absolutely right. Uh
0: what else do you have for me, Finney
3: um, okay, real quick, because we talked about this in the pre-show. You were talking about your wife back from vacation, your responsibility to, to wake her up or not wake her up. Overreaction, underreaction, proper
0: reaction. Women blame men for them oversleeping. Oh, proper reaction. Like, drives, why is that? It drives me crazy. Um, I I never put me waking up late on my wife, unless she's tampered with my alarm. I take it, it's all my job to wake up on the right time and get going. And I wake up at like 5.30 most days because the girls have to get on the bus for school at 6.30. My wife sleeps in by like 30 minutes on Saturday. She's like, why didn't you wake me up? And I'm like, you're an adult. And she gets really pissed when I say you're an adult. But this is every woman that I've ever dated or been with. Well, why didn't you wake me up earlier? You woke up. Well, yeah, I woke up because it was time for me to wake up. I don't dictate when you wake up. You're an adult. You make the decision as well. Literally. Had um, one of the girls I dated in, in college, probably the girl who I was uh, not named Vanessa, the girl who I loved more than anybody else. She ended up becoming a teacher. She missed part of her teacher exam because she woke up late over at my place and then blamed it all on me. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Now, now, nope. see in no, that no. in that, that scenario. Nope. She did not. She did not say. Make sure I wake up. She just said, Hey, I'm gonna be up tomorrow early because I got the teacher exam. And I was like, Cool. Didn't ask her what time. She totally blamed me for a really long time. I I refuse to accept it. You are one. She was way more responsible than I am. She's <laughs> way more grown up than I am. Still is probably. And I I refuse. I refuse that that you that you can't wake yourself up if you're the more responsible adult. I should never be in charge of anything, let alone waking you up. Send in your Monday overreactions on the Garage Door Guru text line. We'll continue to get to them when we come back. It's all about the positives. Now in Charlotte on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC.